Welcome to the Soul Business Companion with me, your host, Faye Semple. This podcast shares what it really takes to create, launch and scale your business. I'm going to be sharing business know-how and the personal spiritual journey of being an entrepreneur so you can start making money online with your soul gifts. You have a mission. It's time for you to live it. And welcome back to part two of this exploration into earth energy, the energy of place and its effect on our success and our ability to, you know, live out our lives and dreams. Because what I wanted in this three part series to talk about really was this counter argument to so much of the personal development stuff that we see online that if we create a nice vision board and we write out our affirmations 33 times, there is no reason why we can't create success. And absolutely that is true. But what I have found over the years of working as a geomancer is that certain places are much more supportive of success. Now, last week or in the last episode, I spoke about paramagnetism and diamagnetism. And these are the two really Um, forces of energy that are prevalent out there in nature. So paramagnetism is the electrostatic charge of soil and diamagnetism is electrostatic charge of organic matter. So us, plants, all those kind of things. Now, I would liken that diamagnetism is yang in feng shui and sorry, paramagnetism is yang in feng shui and diamagnetism is yin in feng shui. So these are these two archetypal forces of energy positive and negative, or masculine and feminine, whichever way you want to envisage them. Now, what we looked at last time was how research has shown is that when paramagnetism is low in certain areas, so that the soil itself has low levels of paramagnetism, that that area does not thrive. And it's not only that it does not sort of thrive in terms of the level of fauna and flora you find in there, that also plays out in society in the areas tend to be poorer, more fractious, um, systems and structures in society such as governance, all are, you know, can, can collapse, there can be unrest. So in that respect, there is a strong correlation between where you live and your ability to su- create success. Now, it doesn't mean by sheer force of will and determination, we can't overcome those things, but that may involve moving out of a, a certain area. So what it is, is that there is evidence out there that says, no, some people are better placed literally to create success than others. And then when we don't achieve success and we're doing all the stuff everybody tells us to do, that can cause us to look internally and go, oh my God, I'm a failure. I obviously still have limiting beliefs about what's possible for me. I must be doing something wrong. I need to write my affirmations out 33 times in 33 different color pens. You know, I need a bigger vision board, you know, and because and, if you are taking the actions along with that as well. So this isn't just about sitting on your ass and hoping it's all going to land in your lap. This is actually, you know, to manifest success, we have to take the action. If you want to generate more money, you've either got to upskill yourself, ask for a pay rise, you know, start your own business. It doesn't mean that a bag of money is going to suddenly appear on the end of your bed in the morning. But if you are doing all the things, you're doing all the personal development, you are taking the actions and things still aren't working out, that is indicative that there is another problem. And this is research that I got into when I really started working with people in their businesses. So as I said, I came through, from, through to this research 
from the point of view as a dowser and a geomancer. So as a geomancer, someone who works with these earth energy forces. And because I could see energy, I ended up learning to douse as a small child. Um, and I ended up then working with um, people's energy. And then I started working with the energy in their homes because where we live, I could see was having a profound effect upon people. So I wanna talk about these very briefly. So that's what we spoke about last week, that there are two lines of these two opposing forces. And to me, I can see them as energy in the landscape. Very huge array of different types of energy. It's not like there's one or other. It has, it's like saying I can see women and I can see men. You know, there are vastly different types of men and there are hugely different types of women. And this energy is all, you know, quite localized. It looks very different everywhere. But I want to talk about how powerful this energy is. So let's look at we we want to live in places that hold this electrostatic charge as paramagnetism and how important it is really comes down to our body. And this is well, a little bit more, more what I want to talk about today. So, for instance, how important is this? Well, if we look at paramagnetism, it's this holding of this electrostatic charge. And when the earth is full of this force, our body holds this force as well. We draw it in from outside of us and it helps amplify the electrostatic charge of our body. Our aura sort of unfolds and draws this energy in. Now, I mentioned last week, if you're familiar with the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, you'll know that the pineal gland is really important for his work, is that we have to activate the charge within the pineal gland and that creates a different force it energizes our energy field and that's how we're allowed to heal. That's how we're enabled us to heal, heal our mind, our body, our emotions and transform our lives. And this is, if we look at research that's been done on these charge, for instance, on let's say frog's eggs or chicken's eggs, bear with me on this. What we find is that these, um, these eggs draw in this charge from outside and then from sort of north to south, if you like, there's this line of charge that runs between them like a battery. It is down this line of charge that the central nervous system of the frog or the chicken formulates. It's probably the same within the womb of women, who knows? Um, I haven't found any research on that yet, but this means that our central nervous system, our chakra points are, are a physiological link to this earth energy. And really what I want to talk about today is more based upon the pineal gland. Now, bear with me, because you might think, well, what on earth has all this got to do with my ability to create a great life? And I would say that, you know, we live in a particular area and we are trying to achieve whatever we are trying to achieve in that area. We live where we live for a reason. And this is partly my work as a house healer as well, that people live in that home to work out some lesson in that epoch of their life and that house energy um, both mirrors their challenge and calls them to uh, um, cause us to step up to that challenge and do something about it so we the energy where we live is crucial to our ability to you know draw up energy feel powerful feel good and go out there in the world and if this energy isn't isn't supportive of that then supportive of us then going out and creating success you know just however success is for you that might be you know it might be starting your own business becoming financially independent it might be pursuing your career it might be success for you might be writing it might be being caring if success for you might be volunteering and helping your community whatever success is for you 
but we we draw in external energy and it's this physiological link to the earth that i think is largely untalked about in so much of the personal development stuff and this is say i came into this as a dowser so when i was a child or ever since i can remember i have been able to see energy so the whole world um the space between me and the camera um the surface of the earth the air is all filled with these interlinked fractal patterns of the most beautiful technicolor so if you're familiar with islamic art um it's almost like a snapshot and mandala is a is a snapshot of these moving kaleidoscopic energies and we have these big kaleidoscopes where our chakras sit um and as i say these these draw in these sight these energy centers in our body draw in energy from the earth so if the energy of the earth is depleted then so are we and this is why i think historically we have always reckoned as a, recognized as a species that's place is very important if we look at how washington is designed on the 39th degree and all on all the rest of it where sacred sites are placed why is stonehenge stonehenge on wiltshire why are the pyramids where they are why did mayans build temples where they are well what why do we pick certain spaces and places to build sites of power of influence of spiritual significance they tend not to just plonk up. We can we can sense when we get there, can't we? There's a special atmosphere about them. And this I became fascinated with very, very, very young, at a very young age. So while I was always able to see energies and see people's chakras, I very quickly realized as a young child that other people could not see these things. So I didn't talk about them incredibly much. And then um, at the age of nine, and this is relevant, bear with me. <laughs> at the age of nine, my family sort of emigrated to Ireland where my grandparents come up, came from, so we moved back. And I found myself surrounded by very many sacred sites. So not too far from New Grange, near Tara, near Ushna, um, even in my local area, there were many, many mounds, standing stones, chamber cairns, lots of things just dotted all over the landscape. They weren't, you know, weren't considered, they were, People didn't go in them because of the fairy faith in Ireland, um, but there were just sites everywhere in the 70s. They weren't all documented. They weren't, they weren't owned by any trust. They were just in the fields and we as kids used to go and explore them. Now, what I recognised was that, that these sites, that whether a standing stone was erected or whether um, a mound was erected or whether a chamber cairn was erected, corresponded to the particular types of energy that cropped up in those spaces. So a certain types of energy would be there and then a, you'd see a standing stone would be on that spot. Certain type of energy would come, combinations of energy would be on that site. And that seemed to be why Chamber Cairn was erected. Certain types of energy would come together on this site. And that's why um, a, a mound would be erected or, what, or whatever the sacred site would be. So there's a different, lots of different types of energy. And when certain types of energy came together, that seemed to dictate what ancient man built there. And it also meant that at different sites we have different types of psychic experience so different types of psychic experience have been researched so um you know above ground on high places people tend to have more external psychic experience about something out there that's happening in the world or something that's going to happen when people tend to be inside in caves or chambered cairns we have more different internal psychic experience about our own life epiphanies about what we need to do and things like that so there are different types of electromagnetic forces at these sites. 
and they conjure up because of our body's interaction with them different types of um, psychic experiences now why does that happen what is the link between place and us having a psychic experience because Again, so often we're taught that if we just sit and meditate and we can induce these different types of psychic experience and, you know, as if it's within our control. But actually, it, it's not so much in our control. A lot of research has shown that, you know, where we are is particularly important. And I'm coming back to the pineal gland again for this. So pineal gland is um, the gland. It's, 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 it's what, you know, in chakra terms, we would think of as the third eye. Pineal gland is a conal structure sitting in the center of the brain and it is outside of the blood brain barrier. So it has, it has the second highest blood flow in the body, um, second only to the kidneys. Um, and it is a unique organized gland. So our pituitary gland turns lots of things on and our pineal gland turns lots of things off. So the two um, glands work very much together. The pineal gland is a really interesting thing. So it's it's vegetative when we're um, before puberty, and then at puberty it turns into a calcite crystal in the brain, and then, then it holds this electromagnetic charge. Now, what has the pineal gland got to do with place? Well, bear with me, and we're going to do a slight bit of neuroscience in this, but trust me, it's worth it, and I'm going to keep it very very brief. So the pineal gland is the gland that enables us to have sight awareness or psychic experience i'll use the word psi for short now what does that what what's that got to do with creating success you know because we think of psi experiences as, as in you know uh, i don't know having um encounters with the fairies or seeing ghosts or precognitive or mediumship and all these kind of things but psi experiences is a really um, important capacity in our ability to envisage and influence our surroundings uh, and influence reality because it is in that state that we have what we call this quantum connection so that we know our thoughts and feelings influence reality and what we focus on the most is what we create so if we're focused on failure and lack of money the most and we spend our whole time going oh my god everything's going to be difficult I can't attract any money that's the reality that we make and we do that through quantum connection or phase entanglement as it's actually called it means when we think we send out a, what's called a mind field, a zone of influence, and the universe picks up on that and goes, okay, that's what we're thinking about, so that's what we'll manifest. Very simplistic terms. So if we can induce different states where we can see possibility and where we can see that the world is a marvelous place and we're capable of doing everything, then we can shift our experience of reality and we can shift our thoughts. And this is why place is important. This is why people go to particular places where they might go to re uh, retreats or Buddhist monasteries or whatever, because they want to take themselves away from normal daily life and they want to spend some time thinking and being different. Um, but is it enough just to think? Um, I'm not actually convinced from the research that spending 30 years meditating is what's actually going to do it for us because there is a strong link between place and our actual physiology. And this is the link to the pineal gland. And it's also linked to light. And next week, we're gonna go more in, back into um, the Earth's electromagnetic fields. We're gonna look at geomagnetic 
um, fields and dowsing next week to see um, how all these three pieces of information I'm giving you fit together. So last week we looked at paramagnetism and diamagnetism and how where you live is important for creating abundance. So place influences us. How does it influence us? And this is to understand that we need to understand the pineal gland. So the pineal gland is really, really important in, in being this link between uh, our link between quantum connection and our real ability to create our own reality. So how does it do that? Um, I want to talk to you very briefly about neurochemistry. Um, now we're just going to talk about a few basic chemicals. So serotonin, melatonin, and a chemical called pinaline, which probably many people won't have heard of. <laughs> so we know that serotonin is linked to light. So you're asleep, you've just been through um, dream cycle, you're starting to wake up. Now what happens is the sun starts to rise. We start to come out of the red green spectrum of night, and then we start to go into the blue green spectrum of day. Light photons actually come through your closed eyelids through the eye and they hit a nerve at the back of the eye that's really an extension of the brain. This triggers the production of serotonin, which wakes us up. And we go into day mode, we become our normal selves, we come out of whatever weird dreams we've had about, I don't know, trying to use a toilet in the middle of a public building and the doors only that wide, whatever, whatever horrific dreams we may be having, and I think many of us have that one. Um, and we come into the day. So serotonin has, um, it has, is actually um, a really important chemical, serotonin it exists, it's exists in various parts of the body. Um, and it's, and I won't go into the details of it because we're not here for a deep neurochemistry level, but um, it acts as sort of like a hormone and neurochemistry. So we go through the day and then the sun starts to set and we go from the blue green spectrum, we go back down into the red orange spectrum as the sun goes down photons, can, a light photons come into our eyes, we recognize it going black into the, back into the red orange spectrum and our brain starts to produce melatonin. Now this is our wind down chemical that means in the evening we start to feel nice and relaxed, we're not go 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 anymore and the melatonin um, is a chemical that is, um, again it's found in other places in the body, it has lots of functions. Anyway so what the brain does then it starts to produce more and more melatonin and then it um we reach a certain saturation point of melatonin and the brain starts to produce a chemical called pinaline um now to cut a long story short the pinaline and the melatonin come together um, as we're going into sleep and they form a chemical called dmt now dmt is our dream chemical it's a class a hallucinogen if we take it in plant form. Many people might be familiar with DMT if we take it as ayahuasca. So ayahuasca is a vine plant-based form of DMT. We ingest it, so we have hallucinogenic experiences, but actually we produce a, a, a plant, a, an animal form of DMT every night, and that's our dream chemical. So we go to sleep, we produce DMT to a critical point, not enough, we have a short dream, we produce more, we go back into a dream, so we have about four big dreams during the night, and that's because we sort of produce more and more melatonin as we go, and then we start to come out and we begin to wake up. So DMT is, um, is in effect a class A hallucinogen, and it's what makes us dream.
but it's also incredibly linked to psi consciousness and psychic awareness. And if you think about the change of light spectrum, um, this red green spectrum, a lot of um, psychic experiences are had early morning before we come into the blue green spectrum and in the evening when we're going into the red orange spectrum. And if we think about mediumship and seances, they're often held with red lights and in half dark because we, we, the, the absence of light encourages us to um, create this chemical in our brain. So when we think about different psychic awareness uh, or psychic um, experiences we can have within chambered cairns or within mounds or within caves, we are in the dark and it produces certain, you know, certain chemicals and we have certain experiences. So the pineal gland is, pineal gland and the pituitary gland are very, very much linked to this um, acai awareness, as in other chemicals as well are, are involved in this, things like noradrenaline. Um, and as for influence, it really interestingly actually is noradrenaline is one of the neurochemistries that neurochemicals that is strongly influenced by the moon, the phases of the moon. So this makes more sense when we think about the traditional word of lunatic, that people have mood swings with the moon, is that a certain phase of the moon is strongly linked to an increased production of noradrenaline as well. So at certain times, could that phase of the moon being in the right place in terms of an area that has these geomagnetic fields that increase the chemistry in us, then we're much more likely to have a psi awareness experience. And that means basically we unlock the, the synapses in the brain that are linked to quantum connection. And this means that there is a physical link, a physiological link to um, psi awareness and uh, altered states of consciousness, expanding our awareness. And that, this is what I love about the earth and understanding the real power of earth energy in that it really grounds our consciousness, our psyche, our wanting to be out there in the world and make a difference and have some kind of epiphany and connect to things. It's actually very much grounded in our physiology because it's our body that produces the neurochemicals that allows us to have a psychic experience, our body that feels the earth's forces all around us. So it means that we and the earth, you know, are intrinsically linked. And this is why we need to get out in nature. This is why we need to recognize that we are nature. We are not separate from nature. So place then becomes incredibly important in our ability to create success. And we, you know, we know statistically that it is harder for people in poor areas to create success. Yes, there's always somebody, isn't there, that comes from the ghetto, that comes from the rough side of the tracks and makes good. But they are the exception to the rule. The vast majority of people who make more money, who make success, already come from successful families living in nice areas. They have more resources at their disposal. So wealth breeds wealth and poverty breeds poverty. And wealthy areas stay wealthy and people stay within them and poor people become trapped in poverty-stricken areas. So it's not just a matter of personal application. Place is incredibly important. And within that, that, that link is because the link of earth energy to our brain chemistry. Our brain chemistry, 
affects our moods, our thoughts, our emotions, our appreciation for music, our ability to be creative, our ability to do anything is as a result of our neurochemistry, which is incredibly informed by where we live. So how do we can, so how can we encourage our pineal gland and our neurochemistry to leap forward into the, and unlock these sort of levels of quantum consciousness? And this is really where we're gonna look next week, which is just how sensitive are we or are you to geomagnetic forces and how potentially can you counteract what could be in your area, poor paramagnetism that is contributing to you really not living your best life. And I'm not hugely fond of that saying, but I think so much of what we see out there in the world of people not living to their potential, we put it down to personal failure. No doubt there is a degree of that. I'm not arguing that there isn't, but I'm also saying that some of what we see as perceived personal failure is as a result of humans, humankind's interference in the world, a huge amount of infrastructure, a huge amount of mining, a hu you know, um, electromagnetic communications, Wi-Fi. There is a lot of things out there that interfere with geomagnetic forces that from modern civilization. So yes, it's great in terms of we've got, you know, longevity, we've got healthcare, lots of societies are potentially safer and more secure than they were. The negative side is that we have um, influenced geomagnetic forces that perhaps there is a huge proportion of society, uh, particularly Western society, that are just laboring away, doing everything that they can do. You know, you've done the personal develop, you've dealt with your trauma, the constant self-reflection is not a good thing, by the way. Um, you know, you can say shit happened, but I can create my future. But if you're doing all the stuff, you've got your plan, you've got your vision board, you go, right, I need to go to college too. I can, so, or create a business that I can increase my earning capacity because if I stay in this shit area, dead end job, I'm never going to get, you know, or I'm going to go on a writing course because I want to be a writer, but I've got to learn how to bloody write. If you are taking the actions and you just, everything's just so hard. You keep coming up against these brick walls again and again and again, I would argue that that could well be the energy of place. And this is something that I came up against, as I say, in my work as a geomancer. So when I was a child, I realized I could see energies. I got into dowsing. From dowsing, I got into geomancy, which was working with Earth's forces. I started off looking at people's health and thinking, this problem is not from them because it's not here. It's only when they go home. That means their home is making them ill. That then led me into people who, who were ill at home, but had a home business. So it started off, I started off working in farms and going, hmm, your farm's not functioning, not because of your bad management, actually because of the soil itself. And you, you can't think, you can't function, your employees, their energy's collapsing when they're coming into this environment. What's going on? We need to sort this out. So that led me into working with the earth energy to support the actual sort of farm growth etc but also what I learned from that was that this energy is conscious it's part of the quantum consciousness and that led me down the route of working with these earth energy because 
or levels of consciousness, the spirit of place, if you like, or the spirit of an enterprise. That led me to working with that energy to go, ah, if I listen to what you need and put in place in this area, not only does it balance the earth energy, it balances that person's energy, it balances their neurochemistry, it enables them to then think better, enables them to connect better with the universe. Because the pineal gland, as I said, it's believed to be that is how we transmit our intentions and our goals and our dreams and our hopes and our fears. That is the transmitter that sends it out to the universe. So if it's stuck in energy that doesn't support it and we get stuck in a negative frame of mind, then we're transmitting that negativity and that's what we'll attract. But it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy that we go down and then the energy doesn't support us. So we end up going down this negative spiral. It's not just one of our own creation. It's a creation that also is um, linked to the energy in our environment. And this is what I think actually is a subconscious call to all of us is to take back our power to influence the environment and to heal the damage that we've done. And this is what I meant by people finding themselves living in places where they're meant to live. I think so many people are feeling thwarted and they can't work out why. I think this is a call almost for sort of reimagine, re-engineer our connection to landscape so that we can create from a place of wholeness that supports all life rather than seeing the world as something to be plundered and to utilize as a resource. Because there is no planet like Earth. It is unique. It supports our life. And yet we treat it like a bloody commodity. It is a living sentient being, as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, you know, the, the Rupert Sheldrake, and he said, is the sun conscious? And there was lots of debates about that. I almost, it was heretical. You know, I, I agree with him. I think everything, if the universe is conscious, everything is conscious. And people would say, ah, oh, yes, but you can't prove the sun is conscious. My argument is, you can't prove it's not. So I think when we end up finding ourselves living in places, where the energy isn't supportive of us and we are struggling. That is our call to really look at this connection to the landscape and go, it influences me, but I influence it. We have, as a human species, have influenced it. So I need to put my, play my part in restoring its balance because when I restore its balance, then the balance in my life becomes restored. And next week in part three, we're going to be looking at just how sensitive are we to these geomagnetic forces? Because I think this is a crucial point. Where we live impacts our success. It literally cuts off our ability to connect, quantum connection, and our ability to you know, manifest success or a good life or support our neighborhood, just be a fully functioning, contributing member of society. So, and you may think, well, no, I don't believe any of this. I don't, you know, I'm not, not really 100% convinced. I think this could be other things. But next week, we're going to be talking about just how sensitive are we to geomagnetic forces? And where, why, why, us, why are certain places conducive to psi or psychic experiences and us expanding our awareness and enlarging our consciousness? Why are some places better at that? Than others and that's got what we're going to be looking at in um session three um and then i've got some exciting stuff coming up after you after that so i hope you'll join me then for um something that's coming up um but yeah i i hope you found this interesting do comment below 
um, subscribe and like, and then you'll get the alerts for the final part. But I'd love to hear your comments on this because I do not see this kind of stuff talked about anywhere in the sort of personal development and how to make a success of your life work world. It's all put down as it's internal. And yet there is a plethora, plethora of research out there that says, actually, no, it's not just an inside job. Our very connection to the earth is a big factor in this. So I'd love to hear your comments and I will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to Soul Business Companion with Faye Semple. If you'd like to get hold of my eight-step strategy for online success, go to faysemple.com and let's get you living your dream and making money while you do.